Hi, I'm Dominic Insinius, leader of The Heart. I want to welcome you to The Heart Podcast. Thank you for letting us be a small part in your journey of faith. I hope this message today encourages you and strengthens you. Big things can happen when we expect God to move, so I pray today that God would speak to you through this message. Good morning, you guys. How's everyone feeling? Good? Nice. Nicely done, Matt. Um, If we've not met, my name is Crystal Stotzenberger. I'm one of the leaders here at The Heart. And if you haven't heard, we are right in the middle of a girls' takeover series called Heroin. It's been so much fun this far. And what we wanted to do with this series is we wanted to take a look at some influential female characters in movies and what themes they were bringing, what lessons we could learn from the female characters. So the first week, we watched A League of Their Own. Did anyone end up going home to watch that movie? Joneses, nice. Um, That movie is great. talked about it not being super kid friendly, but in that movie we looked at um, vulnerability and what it meant to be courageous and stay in the arena. And then last week, Candace brought a very powerful message to us from the movie, As Good As It Gets. She looked at what it would mean to step behind someone else's story and into our own identity. And this week, I want to talk to you about also one of my favorite movies, other than A League of Their Own, I want to talk to you about The Blind Side. Has anyone ever seen this movie? Okay. If you've not, you've seen it? Nice. If you have not seen this movie, I highly encourage you guys to check it out. Uh, First movie I can say is kid-friendly, but it's such a powerful movie. I'll give you a little recap, and we're going to look at a couple scenes throughout this message, but This movie has so many themes we could pull out. We could talk about socioeconomic barriers. We could talk about white privilege. We could talk about racism. We could talk about so much. But the theme that I found I was able to pull from the main female character was the theme of compassion. But I'm going to talk about compassion in a way that maybe we've not thought of it before. So here's a quick recap. This movie is about, um, and by the way, it's based on a true story. It's about a boy, his name is Michael Orr, and he is a homeless teenager. He ends up um, entering into this Christian school essentially to play football. And it is very obvious that he does not typically belong in this school by his clothes. Um, He's undereducated. And this family who owns multiple Taco Bells and KFC, how amazing would that be to own? Um, They take him in. They end up adopting him. And it's this whole journey about compassion. That's what I want to look at with you today. But what I want to talk about is The problem when we read about compassion in articles or blogs or when we look at it in movies, a lot of the directors or the well-meaning authors, they don't talk about this. Sometimes it hurts to do good. I want to talk today about the cost of compassion. I want to talk about the courage that it takes, the grittiness of compassion. Before we do that, I want to look at compassion just a little bit because there are many different layers when we talk about compassion, right? Some of us might hear of this word, we might think of empathy or altruism or kindness, and compassion differs a little bit than that. Empathy is something that we 
have whenever we're hearing a story and we're mirroring emotions. That's why we may tear up at a friend's sad story if they're going through something. And then altruism is an act of kindness, act of service without expecting something in return. But it doesn't always accompany compassion or empathy. For example, sometimes we may make a big donation for a tax write-off, right? It's doing something for someone else. However, it may not be accompanied by compassion or empathy. And compassion is whenever we are allowing ourselves to have an emotional response, to perceive suffering, and then to do something about it. And today, if you are uh, an overachiever, you can go ahead and turn to the book of Luke 10. We're going to camp out in a story there about the Good Samaritan here in just a little bit. But I did write something down for you that I want you to take note of, or you can actually take a picture of the screen. It'll be up there. Asking someone how they are doing is polite. Asking someone how they are really doing takes compassion. Um, I've had that question asked to me before, and I think I've shared from platform. Sometimes someone may ask me, how am I doing? And I'll say, it's good, man. I just want to, you know, brush it off. I don't really want to actually talk about the story or whatever I'm going through. But when we ask someone how they are really doing, that's an entry point into stepping into their story. And in this movie, The Blind Side, we see a scene where Leanne, she is... They're driving home from a play that her son was in, and they see Michael. He's walking down the street, and it's freezing. He's got shorts and a T-shirt on, and they're driving, and she sees him, and they stop, and they ask him where he's going, and he says, to the gym. So they start to drive off just a little bit, and Leanne says, turn around, and the husband automatically knows what that means. So she turns around, and she goes, she gets out of the car, um, and if you guys haven't seen Sandra Bullock in this movie, she is like a queen. It is so good. So she goes up to Michael, and she says, where are you going? And he says, I'm going to the gym. And she said, the gym's closed. Where are you really going? Why are you going there? And he says, because it's warm. And so she tells him to get in the car. And everyone in that car knows exactly what that means. She is pulling him in to her story. Have you ever had that happen to you? Have you ever been so wrecked by someone's story that you were just pulled into that life? There was something that happened to me and it's changed my perspective on um, how I view people who are homeless. So when I got out of the military, I've shared before that I went to cosmetology school and it was so much fun. It was in San Diego and um, every year they do this I guess you could call it like a parade. It's called free hugs. So basically what you do is you go out into the city and you just hug as many people as you can for a full eight hours. Like this would be uh, our friend Birdie. Um, she loves hugs and so this would be probably her dream and then overwhelm her by the end of the day. But you go out and you just hug all kinds of people. And I remember we were um, basically like a phalanx of people walking down the street, and everyone's giving hugs, and there was this uh, homeless man. He looked like he had been on the street for quite some time, and he's just watching, but you kind of see him standing off to the side. And I looked at him, and I was like, do you want a hug? And he was like, no. And I think you could see his hesitation and my hesitation, but um, I could see in his eyes that he needed a hug. 
And so I walked over to him, and I gave him the biggest hug, and there was something in my heart that was wrecked. It was an experience that I can't even explain to you, but the humanity, the compassion, the suffering, the step into taking courage to hug that man stayed with me for so long. I think about it all the time. I see people in a different way because of that one very small marked moment. I'm sure each of you have had something like that in your life. So throughout this movie, we see the cost of compassion. And although in the movie, Leanne, the main character, she's using a lot of resources, it's not, the cost of compassion is not money, it's comfort. That's what we see all throughout this movie. It's the cost of comfort. We've all been there. We've all been there. I know you have. I know I have. It's that moment whenever we are holding someone's hair back because they're riddled with addiction. Or maybe it's because we're cleaning up our best friend's home because her husband just died. It doesn't feel good. It hurts. It's what we see in this story with Luke. We see this true compassion come out from a man in Samaria. I wrote this down for you as well. It says, an act of kindness takes a little bit of your time. An act of compassion takes all of your courage. So I talked about the fact that we were going to be in chapter 10 of Luke. Let me give you a little bit of background for this book. So in the book of Luke, he's basically talking about a travel log of Jesus. He's talking about this travel time to Jerusalem. And in books one through nine, he's talking about the wonders, he's talking about the miracles, he's talking about the works of Jesus. And then in chapter 10, we take a pivot. We go from miracles to the message. We go from works to words. This is all of the red lettering that you see in the Bible of Jesus sharing a story. There's a lot of parables in this. I remember when I was little for the Bible, I just thought you were supposed to read the red letters, so that's what I did whenever I was a kid. But in this particular story, we see the story of a good Samaritan. There's many organizations that have nothing to do with Christianity that use the concept of this very story. Now, in chapter 9, right before we get to chapter 10, we got to understand this. In chapter 9, all of these uh, disciples, there were 70, that Jesus had sent out to spread the gospel, they are coming back, and they're talking about what they experienced, all of these miraculous works that they are there were, and they're talking about what that looked like. And also, at the end of chapter 9, Jesus had told them, go to Samaria and find us a place to stay. I want to stop there before we go to Jerusalem. And Samaria and the Samaritans and the Jews and the Gentiles, we've talked about it a little bit before, but um, if you're not familiar, it was like a cultural divide. These people did not get along. It's like Bloods in the Crips. I'm from California, so um, <laughs> I can say that. I know we're churched up, but I'm also a little bit of gangster on the inside. So, um, so they don't get along. These people do not intermix, right? And so when they had sent, when Jesus sent them to go find a place for them to stay, 
no one, not one person would let them stay there. No, they wouldn't cater any food. There was no grub hub. They were not going to welcome the Samaritans. Samaritans were not going to welcome them into their area. There was this massive divide. So then we enter this story. And essentially what we see is there is this lawyer, and it it differs from the type of lawyers that we know today. Um, A religious lawyer back in the day, they knew the law, they abided by the law. They were like the religious police that would, could recite everything. It's all they had ever known. And so this religious scholar, he basically wants to challenge Jesus to see if he knows his doctrine. So let me read this to you. It says, just then a religious scholar stood before Jesus in order to test his doctrines. He posed this question, teacher, what requirement must I fulfill if I want to live forever in heaven? And Jesus replied, what does, what does Moses teach us? What do you read in the law? He's seeing what this guy will say. The religious, religious scholar answered, it states, you must love the Lord God with all your heart, all your passion, all your energy, and your every thought. And you must love your neighbor as well as you love yourself. And Jesus replies, that is correct. Go do exactly that. What's the big deal? You got it. But he knew that this religious scholar did not do that. So it goes on to say, wanting to justify himself, he questioned Jesus further, saying, what do you mean by my neighbor? So he's saying, okay, I'm supposed to love everyone. I'm supposed to do that. But who actually is that? Is that the people that sit next to me at the heart? Is that the people that I see at work? Is that someone that I have no idea about their story? Who is that? He's trying to trap Jesus. You can imagine how this is going, right? So next, this is what Jesus replies. He says, listen, and I will tell you. There was once a Jewish man traveling from Jerusalem to Jericho where bandits robbed him along the way. They beat him severely, stripped him naked, and left him half dead. I was reading up on this path from Jerusalem to Jericho. It was a very, very narrow path that they would travel, and it was well known for people to be mugged and beaten. Soon, a Jewish priest walking down the same road came upon the wounded man. Seeing him from a distance, the priest crossed the other side of the road and walked right past him, not turning to help him one bit. So the priest would have been someone that we would expect to stop and help someone that was in need, right? But he crossed the road because at this time, he didn't know the culture of that man. He didn't know where he came from. So if it was a Samaritan or if it was something that someone that he um, didn't associate with, he didn't want to be defiled. So he crosses the path. And then it says later, a religious man, a Levite, who the Levite would have been like a worship leader, not our worship leaders here, but someone else's worship leader, ours would stop, came walking down the same road and likewise crossed to the other side to pass by the wounded man without stopping to help him. Here's the thing. I'm not pointing them out as the villain of this story. I'm saying that these people, for whatever their reason, it may have been, they did not have the courage in the moment to evaluate the cost of compassion that it would have cost them to stop, 
So they passed this man. And then here's what we see next. Finally, another man, a Samaritan, came upon the bleeding man and was moved with tender compassion. It is one thing for us to stop and notice. It is one thing for us to have empathy. It is something else to be wrecked by someone's suffering and to have compassion. He stooped down and gave him first aid, pouring olive oil on his wounds, disinfecting them with wine, and bandaging them to stop bleeding. Lifting him up, he placed him on his own donkey and brought him to an inn. Then he took him from his donkey and carried him to a room for the night. The next morning, he took his own money from his wallet and gave it to the innkeeper with these words. Take care of him until I come back from my journey. If it costs more than this, I will repay you when I return. So now tell me, which one of the three men who saw the wounded man proved to be the true neighbor? That was the question that Jesus asked the lawyer. But there is an important point in this last portion of the story. The Samaritan was likely on his way somewhere important. Some of the commentary in the book talks about how he would have been trying to um, get somewhere, but he pauses, he bandages this guy up, he's with him for possibly two days. Um, the money that he turns over would have been significant to the innkeeper to keep care of this man. We see in this story that Compassion, of course, cost him the, the comfort and the resources, but it was beyond the law. You see, the, the law says, do that and you'll live. And grace, what Jesus brought, when Jesus experiences compassion and shows it to us, it says, live and you will do that. Live and you will be exposed to what compassion is in the way that Jesus extends it. It's so incredibly powerful to be able to look at this story. It talks about how recognizing the suffering will bring us out of our own numbness and pain. Have you ever experienced that? Have you ever been in a point in your life where you just feel numb and you're not even looking to extend compassion because maybe you don't even have it for yourself in the moment? And then there's something that happens. Maybe you see humanity in a different way, or maybe you have a friend that is going through something, or maybe you see something on TV. Geez, has anyone ever seen a Sarah McLaughlin commercial? No, you're probably under 25 if not. Yes, there's this song and she's seeing, they're talking about animals and you're just like, here's my wallet, because you can see and resonate with the suffering, and our hearts want to do something about that. I wrote this down for you as well. If we are courageous enough to know ourselves, then we can build up compassion and know that we are here to serve others. This Sumerian man in the story, Leanne Tully in The Blind Side, they know themselves. And they know that it will take courage to extend this compassion, but that it's worth it. In fact, in the movie, there's this portion where Leanne, she's sitting at lunch, and, and she had already had Michael in her house for some time, but she's sitting at lunch, and there's all of her friends there, and they're basically telling her that it's a crazy idea for her to have this boy in her home. And they 
one of her friends says, you're changing that boy's life. And she said, no, he's changing mine. That's the power of compassion. We don't only change other people's lives. Our lives are changed through compassion. And in this story of the Samaritan, I was telling Dom a little bit earlier that there's a whole entire series in this because whenever I was reading through it, what I started to see in this particular story is this. If I could imagine any part that we play in this story, and I encourage you, when you're reading through the Bible, try to place yourself in there. I imagine that we are the innkeeper. Jesus brings people into our lives. He's already paid the cost of compassion, but he brings people into our lives to be the innkeeper. Some of you are going to speak truth into other lives, or you're going to extend grace or compassion in the moment that they need it the most. You're the innkeeper. I don't want you to do your part. I don't want you to take away from this message that you should or should not do something else. I want you to be wrecked and open to people and situations around you, to the people in this room around you, to the idea of connect groups, to the idea of being alongside people in your workspace. We talked about that in the first message, the vulnerability that it takes. But I want to challenge you this week with the courage that it would take for you to have compassion for the people around you and maybe mostly for yourself. Realizing that we need to have compassion for ourselves is dangerous because that means that we not only notice, that we empathize, but now we have to do something about it. Maybe that means getting a therapist. Candace said she would offer it up to you, so there's one. We'll get her number. Maybe that means taking care of your health for the first time in a long time. Maybe that means talking about the struggles that you have with your marriage or your faith with someone that you trust. I don't know what that means for you to have compassion for yourself, but it means something. It's going to take more than a broken heart for us to heal heal, that's my twang coming out, heal, something like that. You get me. Ourselves and those around us. So I do, I hope you allow your heart to be broken. I hope you realize that you can't possibly meet every need for yourself or those around you. That was the power of this story. I talked about the main character, Leanne, taking this boy in, but at the very, very beginning of this story, we see compassion being cultivated by a man named Big Troy. I like the theme there. And what he did is he had allowed Michael Orr to sleep on his couch for some time, and then he went to that school, that private Christian school, and he was advocating for his son to be able to get into this school based off of athletics. And then he also was advocating for Big Mike. And then again in the story, we see these teachers, and there's a group of teachers, and for the most part, they're looking at him like he is an outsider, but there is this one teacher that takes time to notice him. She takes time to see that he's not 
uneducated. He's having a difficult time. She sees that, and then she extends the compassion to read his test to him, to pull other people into his story so that they could champion his second chance. Whose second chance are we championing? As a community, as individuals, who are we doing that for? It's one of my favorite parts of that story. So I want to leave you with this. Compassion will cost you, but your courage will allow you to choose it anyway. Compassion is contagious. It changes cultures. It's complex. It's who you are or who you want to be. It causes us reflection. It moves us deeper into connection, and it creates chance. I pray that we would be a community of chance. I pray that people would step here into these doors and be around others who say, we're not just going to talk about doing life together. We're going to do life together. We're going to hold each other up and we're going to have the courage to lean into stories. If you've ever seen this movie, you know that Michael goes on to play in the NFL and in all of the interviews that he's, you know, does, he's so close to this family. It's such an inspiring story. And it's laced, the essence, all goes back to the cost of compassion. Will you pray with me? Father, I don't pray that we would be heroes of a story. I pray that we would see the hurting and respond. I don't pray that we would look for worthiness. I pray that we would be absolutely wrecked. God, I thank you for your power and your presence. I thank you for choosing people for compassion. I thank you for being an example of what that looks like, as messy as it may be. I pray that over each of us today, we would walk away with an open heart that we would recognize in our own lives what it would look like for us to be challenged with courage and compassion. We love you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Heart Podcast. At The Heart, our mission and goal is to connect people to the heart of God. If you would like to pursue a relationship with Jesus Christ, please visit us at www.theheart.church for more information. If today's message connected with you, we want to invite you to share it with someone who might benefit from it. And if you live near San Marcos, Texas, we'd like to invite you to visit us this Sunday morning. We have two experiences for you to choose from at 9.30 and 11 a.m. all happening at the Spot Cinema House and Eatery. Remember to be bold this week and connect with those around you. It's how our relationships grow and how your faith grows.